0: Try resetting your computer. So,
1: <laughs> our Canadian brethren to the to the north will appreciate this. So, so can we go with my uh, fix of when in doubt reboot?
0: Oh my gosh! Is that I safe guess so. to say?
1: All right. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know, man. Computers are strange things. You you think this um, this device that I don't know what kind of computer you you have, but um, it's something that sits. on I just on got your, a
0: MacBook, like yeah, a MacBook see, Pro or s- whatever.
1: Something that sits on your lap that processes, allows you to surf the web. Um, it probably records audio, allows you to chat with people, shows you videos. You know, we'll sometimes have a little bit of a hang up. It's hard right. to it's hard to believe, but <laughs> it's crazy, oh, man, no. how how we take technology for granted sometimes. You know, I'm
0: uh, I'm wondering what you're going to be saying about hang up in, in a few short moments here. Well,
1: talking about <laughs> hang up. So, um, let me tell you the story of when I was hung up <laughs> on, <laughs> uh, uh, effectively when I was uh, courting my wife, and I and I said. Um, You know, for years I'm saying, Lindsay, would you, you know, would you please, uh, would you please give me the time of day? And she just was, I don't know, she was just not even um, giving me the time of day. And so I kept (laughs) pursuing this and I said, Lindsay, you know, let's go out on a date or something. And she just wasn't really giving me any kind of response or or showing me any kind of interest. Uh, And then one day I said, you know, what do I got to lose, man? I'm I'm just going to ask for her phone number. So uh, I said, uh, Lindsay, can I have your number? And in this sort of disgust, you know, she turns around and gives me that, um, I I don't want to say disgust, but it was a, it was a look, it was a look. And then she says, Mm. uh, yeah, I guess. So I got out my pen and paper because this was way before we had phones, right? Yep. Yep. And, um, so I said, okay, uh, lay it on me. And she goes, okay, it's, um, five, five, five.
0: (laughs) And. At that moment, I realized
1: I was being I was being punked on. Uh, this is played. Jimmy Eat Pot. I was being played. <clears throat> now I, I know that was the, the second the second try. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> any better than the first try that we had. And you know what? No. I wouldn't give David any less because um, I know he's going to appreciate that one when he's listening to this. Uh, I'm, you know, normally when I, when I uh, cut these things, I will send him like a couple of days before we go live, I'll send him a, like the final edit, a direct link. Not this time, man. I'm going to let him listen to this one launch style uh, on a Friday morning uh, at midnight Pacific <laughs> Standard Time and see how he no, reacts. No, we'll do it live. We'll do it well, live. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, um, yeah. If, if, you, if you guys couldn't already tell, there's, uh, there's someone different on the other mic. Uh, today's a special show. We have a very special guest. And I didn't even ask how to say your last name. Is it Lagrange? Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Lagrange okay. is usually the the way people say it. Yeah, I
1: didn't know if it was gonna be LaGrange, If it was um, if it was anything yeah, special,
0: I think I think most people do assume that. But it's it's that like I don't know if you know ZZ Top that band, yeah. but there is a song by ZZ Top called Lagrange, and so I always say that when everybody like asks for the spelling or the pronunciation and. That's like that's like a hit or miss. Like fifty percent of people will be like, "What in the world's that?" And the other fifty percent, like, we're immediately best friends. You know,
1: right? And that's because I had ZZ Top's Greatest Hits with um, <laughs> <laughs> with them on the cover in front of a uh, you know a, a classic roadster, and that is one of my favorite ZZ Top songs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, how many how many songs were on the Greatest Hits? Like three or four. Um, legs, she's got legs. Was on there <laughs> definitely. LaBrange. Right um and Sharp Dressed tush, Man for sure. Sharp Man. Yeah. Sharp Dressed Man, right. that is another top hit. Right. Man. And and the one guy, is this is this irony? I'm so bad with this. Is this irony that the the drummer for that band has the last name Beard? Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And he doesn't even actually have a beard. <laughs> the other two brothers do. <laughs> I don't know. Is right, that, right. I, I have no idea. Is that irony? Anyway, I'm I'm getting too far away from this. So we have uh Blake Lagrange and this is a very special uh, day. Uh, David is as as he had uh, anticipated. He is with uh, with child, with with boy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the opportunity to sort of do the official introduction of this uh, this little uh, bundle of joy. But um, you know, for the time being, you know the show must go on. And so, um, Blake, would you please uh, introduce yourself? You got it, and by the way, I totally sympathize
0: with you, David. I have a sixteen-month-old, and so I get the whole like the first few weeks are really horrible, and ty- like you don't get any sleep and all this. So totally fine that that is happening. But in any event, I don't. I'm not sure what all you want to know. Uh, however, I do know this is that um, I've been following you guys obviously from the beginning. I, I remember. I forget how we got in touch. Maybe it's through a mutual friend, but as soon as I was like, oh, there's a Jimmy world podcast. I'm like, how am I not all over this? Cause like, I'm just the biggest (laughs) Jimmy world freak, um, on the planet. And so, um, I don't know how, like, I've got a couple different data points here, but by trade, I'm a music producer. So I think that adds a little bit of an element to this that might be interesting in terms of just the production side of things. But, um, you know, I live in New York city, originally from San Diego and a music producer background, do a lot of Post production stuff like mixing and mastering, but have a background in recording as well. And actually, I worked mainly out of the studio that um, Static Prevails was recorded at. So a lot of deep history there. And I mean, I can go on and on about Static Prevails. Was
1: that was in uh, Los
0: Angeles? So they did that in like, like yeah, mainly in Los Angeles. And then there were two other studios: one in San Diego, and then one in Arizona. And uh I guess our studio did enough of it for us to get like one of those records on the wall. So I'm I'm stoked about that. I'm proud of that, I guess. So it's always I didn't know that going into the studio, but it was um yeah, just really, really cool. But So dude, you're biggest, you're familiar
1: with the band then, right?
0: Yeah. I'm 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 friendly with, with Zach, the drummer. And um yeah, I'm still I'm actually trying to get him and his wife to come out here and do like a, like a wretched desert album or something, which is like his side project. But, um, we'll see that. I, I hope we can do that sometime soon. I have no, I had no idea he had a side project going at wretched desert. Oh man. Oh yeah. This is come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, I I mean, granted. Yeah. It's not, it's this not is why Jimmy we're World doing, Animants, but. uh,
1: this is why we're doing the pod because, because <laughs> we get to learn this. So the wretched desert, <laughs> I've never even seen this on yeah. the sub.
0: Yeah. yeah. So maybe this is like super, super deep cut stuff, but he's got a cool side project there and it's really, really cool. He tracks all his own drums and stuff. It's, it's great.
1: But he does, and he does the drumming on this, right? Yes. Okay. So this is not like Pat Wilson of Weezer doing um, the special <laughs> goodness where he's now playing guitar and doing all the vocals, right? Dude, Weezer is just it's like hey
0: pat you're playing guitar we're going to get a session drummer and now everybody's going to be on stage no it's nothing like that
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah they have definitely gone um they they've they've had a few modifications to their their entire role like the the roles and lineup of their band no. so
0: like the whole back to the shack thing like you know maybe i could play lead guitar and pat could play the backup guitar <laughs>
1: You know, and I don't know if you know if you know this. I know every listener that has listened to this is like they hear this just ad nauseum. But you know, they're they're my favorite band, so they're the ones that I've followed longer than Jimmy World. But this is the band that we're focusing on now, um, right? And right. and this last album that they've put out, Surviving. So they've done this. Uh, if you've tracked them at all, or if you looked at their timeline, you know it seems to be um, every every three years I'm pretty sure is when they they're, they're releasing these albums um so this was the 2019 release and really? this is the second track that we're doing off of surviving I believe the first one was uh, one mil which was a surprise uh because one of our listeners uh, Danger Gavin had said that um uh, one million seconds is I think 11 minutes Something like okay. that. So that's when we decided to do that one for episode. I believe it was eleven. Nope. Yeah, it was episode eleven. So this is the second one. I don't have down here. Um, you know, I talk. We talk about the stats of this. This is track four of ten. So it's. Um, I believe this is the last song. Um, if you're looking at an album, this was the last song on side A. I don't have Discogs right. up, but this is this is a pretty hefty track. Right. Uh, and, and what I didn't have down, and I don't know if you know this, this, uh, this individual, if you've worked with him, but this one was, I don't know if we've mentioned this in the very, in the last, uh, surviving episode, but this one was produced by Justin Meldal Johnson. Mm. Do you yep. know this individual? Uh, I know who he is. I don't think we've ever
0: met in person or anything, but. It has all, I mean, like the guy who, who did all the drums and mixed it like is very, very heavy and deep into futures. So that's why you
1: hear like a ton of the continuity between futures in this album. Right. And we'll actually get to that in a little bit. There's one, you know, we're going to do a couple of covers. There aren't a lot because this is a brand new song. Um, but there is one that, uh, they talk about this guy used this user last guard, does this this album or this actual song in the style of the 2010 Jimmy sound, which has a very unique? Um, I guess it's just the the chord structure that they use for that album is is different. So it's not Futures. Futures was 2004, right? Right, 2004. I, th- I believe so. so is, yeah, yeah. Because um, Bleed American was 2001.
0: Oh one, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so this is. Uh, so this was produced by Justin Meldell Johnson, who for years, I think up until like seven or eight years ago, played bass with Beck. He right. was he was a producer. And then Beck came into the studio and says, hey, man, I need you to be on me, you know, on tour with me. And then for, you know, 13 or 15 years, he goes on on tour with Beck. Um, also does work with Nine Inch Nails, M83 and then Air. And my immediate I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't date people. But <laughs> I, my my initial thought when I saw Air was, dude worked with Air Supply, and I'm thinking of this <laughs> this easy listening duo that one one of the guys looks like, um, you know, Garfunkel. Uh, but no, no, it's actually Air, which is a completely right. different band.
0: Right. Both right. are both are throwback,
1: <laughs> like, big time.
0: <laughs> In my opinion, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Air is a um, French music duo from Versailles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing, though. Like, in, in my humble opinion, all of Surviving was technically produced so much, I mean, quote-unquote, better than the other albums that that, that followed Chase This Light. So I'm, I i was really stoked to hear this record, how it was recorded, how it was produced. I was like, man, this is a really a good breath of fresh air. Although, 555, as you know, is like a totally different approach completely.
1: So then, let me ask you that because what I did like about this album is is it like like you had mentioned with continuity is that there's not only are they bringing in that the Jimmy Eat World sound, but there is a there is a new unique sound that is continuous throughout throughout the whole album, and it keeps it keeps my interest. You know the way when you listen to it from from track one to ten, um, right. there there is a progression. They've they've placed the tracks. In my opinion, they've placed them properly um, right. to where it keeps it keeps you interested, but. Going back to five five five, this is the the big question that I've been wanting to ask you is, um, from an engineer's perspective, what was the what I guess what is the what's the first thing that grabs you about this track?
0: Yeah, well, what's interesting about this, and I've found this to be true with a lot of Jimmy World stuff, um, particularly like when Chase Light came out. It's like first through first listen through the whole record, it's like I always listen to the production and the engineering and the mixing and all that stuff, and it's like, oh, pretty good. Maybe a couple bangers, you know? And then like the second listen and it's like, ah, uh, yeah. And then you realize that you're never going to like it as much as you liked it the first time. And then once you get to like the fourth or fifth listen, you're like, this is the best album they've ever made. And so <laughs> I'm that's how I kind of feel about this record primarily. And so with 555, um, I think what, what did it for me, man, was when I watched the video like three or four times because it's so freaking creepy. Right. I was like... I was like what is going on? How is this how is this the same band that did like The Middle? So I watched that and I think those like creepy minions clapping on like the downbeat like for whatever reason ingrained in me like this is something really haunting so that when I was like going through the subway and then like listening in my my headphones I just would envision that and I was I think that's when for whatever reason it like clicked for me like this is this is a really really catchy tune and like I saw through all of the cool ear candy production and just appreciated it for like Jim's really really strong melodic uh base basically.
1: Right. So you could hear um you could hear him singing it effectively uh, like uh, let's just say like acoustic or a cappella to where you hear that you hear it stripped down. You don't you're not you're not tied into the synth, the synth, you know the synth or the uh, the notes that they're playing, it's just, you're hearing it for, I guess, the the that dirty, granular s- song that it is, right? Sure, yeah.
0: But what really put it over the edge, like, at least it reminded me of, like, Chase This Light is arguably, like, in terms of just production value, just from an engineering perspective, it was, like, big budget, really, really keen on, like, let's get this thing sounding Sheen. It literally, like, reminded me of, like, um of like here it goes off that record
1: mm-hmm. where
0: it's like just super ridiculous ear candy so like but if you broke down here it goes it's like that melody just carries through it's it's strong enough on its own but coupled with like the ridiculously like sheen production quality i think it just takes it to another level so i think i think that's kind of how it speaks to me i guess in, in this regard
1: wow um uh so so you're talking about the video i think the video helps the video first helped a lot of people to get introduced to the Jimmy world. I'm sure people, a lot of people shared the video when we had mentioned it, I think it was at 3 million views. And then Zach had recently, I want to say it was a week or two ago, had recently celebrated that it hit 5 million views. Um, and that's where we are now, now? which is, is it at 5 million right now? Yeah, it's at five, it's five. I I don't want to click on it. Yeah, 5 5 million play, but it's at 5 million and it was released three months ago. And, the whole entire thing, I know that, that I've, I've used the word gimmick with Weezer a lot, and there's, there's different parts that, that band, I don't know, phases that they go through, different things they try. Uh, this was the first time where I felt like Jimmy Eat World was trying something new, but they did it really well. Right. And the execution it was very it was very simple. You know, I was watching the video again today. And one thing that I noticed, that, you know, is there's something new that I notice each time. Um, what I noticed today was there's only 3 colors in this entire video. There is white, black oh, yeah, and red. Uh-huh. That's it. You know, and there's obviously hmm. there's there's shades in between, but that's really it. And what solidified it for me. And we'll get to this in just a moment when we talk about <clears throat> when we talk about the lyrics, but when toward the end of this song, we're hearing the the chorus again, which is, I mean, this is a pretty epic chorus. I wanted to talk about how difficult that is to sing. And I know that, that Jim has had a lot of training, um, but that's a, <laughs> it's actually a very difficult set of notes to hit when you step to the, and oh, that. Oh, totally. That, yeah. Those notes are off, but imagine singing in that full voiced, right? Right. But, but at the end, when he takes his glasses off, his sunglasses off, when and I think this is a poignant um piece of this music video is that the whole the whole time essentially he's got these shades on, he takes them off and he's got red eyes that match uh his mini. I never and noticed I, that. Yeah. It's and I think that is one of those unifying um color elements where he's then at that point, um we, he's come with to to a, a level of acceptance. Uh, understanding and appreciation of who he has at that moment. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. So then you know what since I since I said that let's get into this, did you look did you look <laughs> at the lyrics at all of of this song? Did you happen to look sure. at those? Sure.
0: Sure. I mean like historically for me J- Jimmy World like they're not like brand new in that like brand new all I listen to is the lyrics, but like the lyrics always come way later for me with Jimmy World. So, but of course, yeah, I listened. I listened to yeah, I've, I looked at the lyrics, of course. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I don't want to go line by line with this, but the general, to me, at least, that the if I was to analyze this, I keep my focus on the simple things, trying to find some peace along the way. I think they, they will, they extrapolate those two lines out into a song, and essentially just say, "Look, I'm trying, I'm trying to find happiness here in what I've been given, and I'm, I'm trying to speak to people, and what I'm getting back is nothing." Uh, or or no response. And, and there is an individual that is on the subreddit that we have quoted a lot. And, and her name is Ella Bella Medela. (laughs) And and, and, I know it's a cool name, right? It's And and when we're talking about this and I say, and Ella Bella Medela, because we're, you know, we're talking about it quickly. Uh, She goes and says that it's, it's about calling and not getting a response when you may need it. Going through the struggles of, of daily life and trying to please but do you really need any of that? And then, my if if I had to r- round this out to one word, it's kind of finding acceptance. It's it's coming to a level of acceptance in whatever it is your life, your life is, and being happy with that. And you can kind of see that in Jim's face when he takes his sunglasses, the the shades off, and he's got that little half smile.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I may it makes a lot of sense too with like just that the pre-chorus line, like. Got me feeling like I'm talking to a dead dead line. Obviously, that's like a phone, you know. Yeah,
1: just and like, I didn't even yeah, I didn't even himself. see that. I mean, did you? So I'm I'm assuming that you listen to the song, you listen to the musical part of it, the the sonic part of it, and then once you're comfortable with what to expect, that's probably when you're saying you start to to digest the lyrics, right? Totally,
0: man. Like it never it never comes to me first first bit, and I'm honestly because the record is still so new and so fresh. I haven't had anything hit me as heavy as lyrically that is as heavy as like previous records um but I don't know it's all very confusing because his whole like Jim's whole thing was like I want it to st- I want the video to be like that bop till you drop video by Rick Springfield I don't know if you if like I don't know <laughs> I, if you if you heard him say that but uh uh-uh. uh um, no oh, I'm not dude, even familiar with that's that That's his inspiration. Oh, you have to watch it. Okay, so basically He was interviewed recently and they're like, What in the world did you do with this video? And he's like, I always liked that Bop Till You Drop video by Rick Springfield, where he's got like all these minions and like the evil, like Sith Lord, like person, like robot guy. And yeah, so his whole inspiration of the entire video is that Rick Springfield Bop Till You Drop video.
1: Well, here, let me play some of this because I didn't even, I had no idea this existed. Let me play. can I, let me see if I can find this in, I'm sure I can find it on uh, Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: But like it has, it doesn't sound anything like this. It's just the video.
1: Right. And you know, if you look, if you were to, if you were to look at this, I cause I Google search Bob till you drop Rick Springfield. The, uh, the max, max res default is a picture of Rick Springfield in some kind of transition. Uh, You know, the, the video is going into some kind of transition. If it's a wipe or if it's some kind of dissolve. Oh, right. But there's something on his left and right. It might be his arms going up, but it is, it looks like it's fading into his eye, but it's definitely one of those upfront, you know, the, uh, the top portion of of the, the head that's in focus. Yes. Um,
0: it's, it's very much similar to, to Jim, like in the, in the, the still frame for this video as well. But seriously, the, that whole like bop till drop video, it's like all of these minions working for this evil. I, it's, it's literally like the same concept. And Jim like explicitly said that that's the vibe he was going for. So It's like insane that he has all of that visual representation mixed with all of these sort of deep emotive things within the lyrics. You know what I mean? It it, it almost seems like they don't really pair if that's where he got the inspiration from, you know?
1: Right. And, and, you know, just to give people uh, one thing that we had, you know, David and I are always uh, working on the pod uh, and if anyone uh, wants to call and give us uh, any kind of insight or they have to fact check us, man, this I love this because people are texting us at this line. It's 484-JE-POD, but it helps because we're able to get insight on what's working and what's not. And one thing that we've had a lot of people um, talk about is for people who haven't listened to Jimmy Eat World at all, and let's say they're interested in hearing about this band or they've been shared with, one of these tracks is they don't, they don't know what the heck the track sounds like. Maybe they hear the covers, but those are just covers. So let me play the first, um, I'll play like maybe through the first chorus of 555. And I do have a follow-up question for you about um, the quality or the sound, the actual sound they use. So let me hear, uh, let me me play 555 for you real quick. Cool. it's uh that is first of all i love every time that it it drops down into the chorus. totally i don't (laughs) know how to describe it i i I was speechless for a second there with trying to describe it right but just when it comes down into that major that right it is something else now let me ask you this is what i was going to ask you so in the beginning you hear the synth um it doesn't sound like it's like, it's perfect. Does it, th- is that like someone flicking the modulation wheel or something on the, on the synth?
0: Oh, I see what you mean. The yeah, yeah. It kind of
1: does that little waver thing.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously intentional. It sounds like, but yeah. it's, it's interesting because you don't really, you don't really, I mean, it's so isolated in the beginning that that's all you, that's all you hear, but it, it probably does that throughout the the, you know, yeah, the rest of the song. You're right. Cause
1: it's, it's buried in, in the, in the mix afterward. Right. And I'm assuming that that's yeah. Robin Vining, who's been playing with them since uh, 11. That... Who's
0: like take, taking over all of Jim's harmonies forever, basically. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, if you look at his, you know, as a touring musician, if you look at his on Wikipedia for Jimmy at World, keyboards, guitar, percussion, backing vocals. So he is essentially what we, what Weezer is doing, like exterior. They're like, can we do, can we have one guy that can do all of this stuff? And while we still do what we do. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I like feel about all that because it's like, I I would argue that Jim is like, his whole shtick is like his harmonies are so, so good when they're recorded. I mean, they're they're so strong. And then you have like Robin doing them in the back and it's like, man, I wish, I wish he took melody or something. And then Jim did the harmonies. But anyways, yeah, obviously he's, he's, he's kind of a a multitasker kind of guy in the back there, but um, definitely needed to like execute all of this production
1: stuff that they've been doing, you know? Right. Uh, And what, it, and what exactly is going on in the pre-chorus? Is it just a regular, a regular line? Let's just say, got the feeling I've been, and is it stacked on top of that? Is it just the falsetto that they're doing for that, that portion?
0: It's totally stacked. So you have like hard left and right panned vocals, like everywhere throughout this. So like, as soon as it As soon as it hits there, the vocal splits to that falsetto. And then there's also a a one underneath it. They probably doubled each one and stacked it left and right and probably have one in the center, which, which is like why it's such ear candy.
1: Right. So is that, is that then five total sounds that they're playing there?
0: Vocally, it probably at least. Yeah.
1: And by doubling it, they just, um, do they offset it at all to make it sound? Or is it just, does it, can you, can your ear tell when it's just duplicated? stacked.
0: Yeah. So like, totally. So the only time, like if I'm in the studio and then I need to like double something, the only time I will like do a double where I don't record the second part is if the guy or gal like just can't pull it off. So I like take the signal, split it, delay it and change the pitch a little bit and then boom, it's doubled. But knowing Jim and how good he is in the studio, I'm pretty confident that it was just like, you know, left channel, boom. Great. Yeah. Now do the right channel. Boom. Okay, good. <laughs> now left channel, boom. And I think that's what happened. And, it's, and it stacks even more for the every day, every day, every day, you know, that part yeah. as well. There's like, you know, a, whatever, like 15 vocals or whatever
1: on those. Yeah. And, but it sounds like you said, it's ear candy. It sounds so good. Totally. It, Couple, it and,
0: seriously coupled with the amazing, like what you said, like once the chorus drops, it's just so heavy. I mean, it's so good that they literally, I don't know if even know this, but like, or notice this, but after the second chorus, normal people go to the bridge and then do a chorus and then they're done. But this song, it's like chorus, pre-chorus, chorus, pre-chorus, chorus. Yep. It just, they just repeat it over
1: and over again. Cause it's so good. Yeah. The structure I have listed down is, is verse one, P C verse two, C P C P C. Right. <laughs> they keep going back. Right.
0: The transition in between, like going out of the pre-chorus and going out of the chorus back into the pre-chorus, is like what's so freaking catchy about this song. I'm like glad it doesn't have a bridge.
1: Yeah, and and I, you know, it, it's it's different when you come from a band where they're, let's say they're they're a rock band, and and we listen to one, two, three, four, which is total skater music, where it's just four dudes, you know, or maybe even three. It's like a bassist, guitarist, lyricist, and then it's going to be a drummer. Um, to this, right. where it's it's got a lot more um, synthesizer in there or keyboard, and the, so I started to notice that, and you notice that when the first time it drops, it's it's a scoop. It goes, Beow, Beow, doo. Yeah. yeah, and right. then later because they've done it so many times, there's one where it goes even higher, where it starts it goes. Right boo boo and it drops yeah. down and man it's it's kind of like ah, i gotta listen to the song again i'm gonna hit revert or you know,
0: restart <laughs> rewind yeah yeah i when i was walking out of the subway today like i was re-listening this song because i knew we were gonna listen you know talk about it that i never noticed that what you noticed like what you just said before that the like the ridiculous do you know drop yeah, it's, back it's into the second one yeah totally <laughs> i mean i guess that's what you have to do to try to change it up but it's Right. It's, it's, yeah, I honestly like the production of this is just like, it's such ear candy. I, I honestly think that you could take, I know this is sort of like this whole like brand new expansive, like new Jimmy world. Like this is a new sound. I totally get that. And obviously mixed in with the whole record, it makes sense for it to be this new thing. But I honestly think you could take the production of this. And like literally just this whole song and put it back in like chase the light or something. And it would probably fit because of how ear candy it is. Cause that album was all ear candy. Like in terms of the production, everything was stacked well, everything was produced well. I do think that there's actually some continuity between that album and this one.
1: And that one was done by, um, produced by Chris Testa, Butch Vig. Oh yeah. Butch Vig from, um, uh, man, Butch Vig was from, uh, he was he's the like one Nirvana. That, yeah, he's, he's Nirvana. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. The, uh, the nevermind, um,
0: yep. Producer, the nevermind. And, man. and, and got like Chris Lord algae to like, tr- you know, mix a couple of the tunes. And so like, arguably like one of the best rock mixers. And so, yeah, it just had a big, big budget. And I literally think that like they somehow pulled off that sort of sound, that big budget sound,
1: but somehow with this record, especially
0: with that song,
1: and I wonder if that's because the band had a little bit more of um uh, you know weight in the like, how it was produced or what was sort of incorporated. Um, yeah, I, maybe that's why and it goes back to that Jimmy World sound, not as produced, right, but still something new. Sure, totally something new, but like after
0: Chase the Light and once you started getting into Invented a Damage and Integrity Blues I would argue that like all of three of those records, eh no, more like invented a damage, were like experimentation in terms of the production side of things. Like damage had a very like to tape feel, you know, at least at least how it was mastered. And it's like integrity blues kind of got back to that like bleed American sound. But like yeah, survive. I think they did the gamut through the different production styles that they basically were like, let's do Chase the Slight two point with different songwriting, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And overall, I mean, I I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed the album. And in in fact, my my daughter has gone on to um, so she would love she loved five, five, five. But and I almost wanted to say it wrong. What I was uh, what I was leading up to was she would she would say um, for Christmas, our white elephant. We got an an Alexa, uh, an Echo Dot. And so she goes, Alexa, play um, five, five, five by Jimmy world. And and Alexa goes 555 by Jimmy, (laughs) because there's no other way, I guess it doesn't, Alexa doesn't understand, you know, the actual pronunciation (laughs) of it. It, She, she realizes, how do you say five, five, five as a number? Right. So, you know, she, that's when she knows that she's got it, but, um,
0: isn't that crazy that like your daughter, and by the way, many other people who have no familiarity with Jimmy world, their barrier to entry with this band will most likely, like some of these people most likely will be
1: this song. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that's, I'm glad that that was this 555 is sort of the outlier with that extreme. um, I don't know. I don't want to say like meme. They they weren't, I don't know if they were necessarily (laughs) looking for a meme with this, even though that's what really came out of it. I love that they, that there are artists that took, took the, this um, overlord, which, I believe is, um, how, who was, who coined it? That was the, what do I have in my notes here? That is, oh my gosh, I get it. Let me see Let me see this real quick. Five, five, five. And that's a uh, Jimmy world. Uh, and it was overlord. That's all I wanted to know. So it was alt press. And this was on October oh, okay. 18th so the same day it seems like I I'm assuming because they're at the top of the search results they're the ones that coined this reptilian overlord managing his minions gets you know and gets overthrown um I don't know about the overthrown part but that whole um the minion thing and the overlord part well the um, the,
0: the Bob till you drop video that lord like gets overthrown by all of the minions like that's probably what he's referring to
1: you know i i, I wish i had seen that, <laughs> that before because then that Dude, would make a lot more sense man
0: totally i i'm pretty pretty because po- i read i think i read i did read a rev- like a, an interview with jim it might have been the alt press one oh, but
1: you know he, what it i'm sorry go ahead. it is actually jim that quoted that
0: yeah 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 so he's literally referencing back he's like i always loved that one video it like always stuck with me and i just wanted to be that And I think that was like, it was just standing on the shoulders of that Bob till you drop video.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, you know, and I'm just, I'm totally, I'm pulling one of those things where, you know, I'll search for it and then I'll just regurgitate what I'm seeing. Uh, It's actually, so in the alt press article, it is part of what Atkins is saying. And he is quoted saying, I've always liked the Rick Springfield video, Bob till you drop exactly what you've said. A reptilian overlord managing his minions gets overthrown by his workforce. So
0: Right. But Um, Jim thought to change the narrative to where his minions never, never overthrow him.
1: (laughs) Right. And he has, it looks like by the end of this video, he's got countless minions and he's very satisfied because I'm assuming either, either he's come to that, that, uh, that back to my word of acceptance, either he's come to that level of understanding um, or they're not, he's realized that they're not going to overthrow him. (laughs) He's all right. Everything's cool with him. Right.
0: I'm like, that's what like makes me think about what you said. Like there's all of these emotive lyrics and stuff, but then like there's this whole like weird gym in the back of my mind being like, Oh, I really liked that one Bob till you drop video. And like, <laughs> I want to be that like overlord. It's like, is there any connection at all to like the lyrics in the video? You know what I mean? Right.
1: And you know, and I'm sure that if we sat <clears throat> down with Jim, he'd probably say, you know, there's not, but you, you know, as, <laughs> sure. as a fan, you want to find that, 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 you know, the end of the circle where it's like, okay, this is the justification for why he made this video. And I know that he's got a deeper sense. You know, he may be saying this, but this is actually what he means um, right. when it could really be totally, yeah. totally surface level. You know what? This is what it is. It's just, I was, I appreciated the music video. Let's recreate it with our music.
0: I guess he's playing out the overlord in that if they play this live and I know they have played this live, it's just all Jim. Like what in the world is the band doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And I I, I you know was I mean? actually, I was very intrigued by who this minion was. And uh, apparently right. his name, who? His name is who Mark, Mark Jude Sullivan. He's an actor and producer. Uh, now he's recently got into film in, you know, in addition to this video, but he's mostly been on TV and, and like uh, shorts. So I think he's an up and coming actor that sort of fell into this sweet gig working with Jim and the band, getting wow. to be this painted you know, white and red man wearing a, um, a cloak. (laughs) He
0: totally, he looks like one of those, like, like these people don't exist facial structures. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) where they like did an algorithm of like, how do we recreate somebody that doesn't exist? And like, Okay, there he is, computer generated, and then boom, let's paint him. Like, he literally looks like...
1: Isn't there the website like that that says this person in the world does not exist? Um, Exactly. Algorithmically, this person... But this is, they're saying, can we get the top 1% of all of these algorithmically perfect (laughs) people? (laughs) Totally. It it seems like somehow,
0: like, that's what this guy, like, looks like, you know? So I, I, like... I was always, that's interesting. You found that I was always curious who in the world that like, is that just like a college roommate buddy that they had or like, (laughs) like, Hey, like dress up like this minion or whatever.
1: Right. I got, I know a guy who was on some soap operas. I think he'd love to be a minion. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And it makes me wonder if those glasses of his are actually real, you know? All right. right. (laughs) Just for a look. Um, Yeah. So with five, 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 to go back on the whole thing, that, that concept of five, five, five of, um, if, if, Let's just say we have younger listeners, and they're not in the know about the whole 555 thing. We're talking about, you know, I made the joke about my wife giving me a 555 number and the whole Ella Bella Modella saying, making a call and not getting a response. This whole concept, you're familiar with this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So 555, um, I was looking at when it started, and I did read something about 19, uh, 1960. The the phone companies were urging urging Hollywood, you got to make a fake prefix. Right. Um, but I think it came down to, um, in this article on straight dope, which I don't know how reputable the source is, but this is from, um, it looks like they're quoting, uh, it's July 21st, 1978. And it looks like it's like a deer. It says, dear Cecil. And then Cecil replies. So maybe this is a, uh, a newspaper. Um, but what Cecil says here is, um, I'll I'll read the second paragraph. Up until a few years Mm -hmm. ago, the phone company maintained a service that provided fictional, i.e. unused numbers to producers and writers. But it soon developed in this wide, wonderful country of ours that there wasn't a single number that wasn't in use somewhere. The 555 Gambit was created in 1973. No matter where you are, dialing the 555 number plugs you into a directory assistance where a legion of professionally trained operators await to answer the particular crankiness of your call which I had no idea. 555 isn't an FCC regulation but simply a convenient creation of Ma Bell.
0: Oh my gosh. And yeah. it's like started in the 70s but now it seems like it's the exact opposite where if you dial 555 it's almost like the phone lines are like, okay, <laughs> completely ignore this human being. Like, do not <laughs> right, they completely given Channel up. this.
1: Like I would have right. thought that that maybe a provider or a, a carrier would, would direct them to something else like, Oh, right. it looks like you're interested in buying another phone. Um, would you like to, <laughs> you know, like, like a missed opportunity sort of thing. Yeah.
0: And I guess I, I, I cannot believe I'm just, just now realizing that, but it obviously makes sense with all the lyrics like talking to a dead, dead line. Yeah. And yeah. And wow. I'm just putting it together.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't see it to begin with. And, and it, it, it came once i searched for i searched on the subreddit so much cuz there's such so many helpful individuals on there right but that entire thread um that she was in and and she she mentioned her her response to it but the whole thing was essentially reiterating the same thing of of a number that doesn't exist trying to contact somebody and that's when it 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 was almost like that scene in uh, hangover where like I think he's coming down and he's going to go play poker and he's got all the numbers and stuff floating in front of his. All right. Yeah. And it just all came together for me. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is completely, I just blew my mind that I I completely, I think I looked too deep into the song. I wasn't looking at it for what it actually was saying. Right. Dead deadline. It's just a phone number that doesn't exist. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's like all coming together for me right now, but I guess you're, (laughs) I guess Ella, whatever, Ella Bella Madella which is it. awesome, which is amazing. I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> is like probably dead on, you know, yeah. uh, in terms of the interpretation. I just always think of that. Like my favorite movie is, is, um, is uh, Good Will Hunting. And I just always think of that. Like, how do you like them apples? The number and like five, five, five. And so that's like, uh, that's the immediate thing I thought of when I saw the title of this song.
1: So as, as David has, has said in the past with me, he's like, I don't, I, it sounds like you're not, you're, you are not you you do not understand what you've just done, but you have just lobbed this, this ball to me. And this is exactly, this is exactly what I was going to do to David. And I thought this would be so difficult to try and guess these numbers. So I just thought, how about this? How about I just say some of the, the famous five, five, five numbers. I'll give the listeners a brief second to try and figure out what that is. Uh, and then I'll just say what it is. The one, two, three, four. the seventh one in line. Do you remember what the number is? Did you say what the number was for Goodwill hunting?
0: I just remember that it was
1: a five, 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 <laughs> one something. That's yes. all I remember. You were, you were, so you were four on it's five, 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 one, two, nine, four. Oh, cool. You, and that was actually, I didn't get the sound bite for that one, but that is in my, in my short list of notable five, 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 five numbers.
0: Oh, you didn't, you didn't get the, you didn't get that. Well, I guess the only soundbite would be, how do you like them apples, but not actually saying the numbers.
1: Um, You know what? I'm, um, let me see uh, if I can do real quick. Um, Goodwill. Yeah. See, I don't have it. I don't have it queued up, but like I have a couple of other ones. Let's say this one. Does five, 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 two, three, six, eight sound familiar to you?
0: No, I probably won't get any of these. Let's see. (laughs) Let's
1: listen. Now, let me see if you can get it after this. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you expect oh, bread in your basement or attic. <laughs> if you or any of your family <laughs> have a spook, spectre, or ghost? <laughs> if the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Right. So this was the first one and uh, that really, I think, hit it big, where the five 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 number, um, Ivan Reitman right. actually had that program to to work.
0: I remember that. You know what's so funny is I live like like five minutes away from that Ghostbusters building. (laughs) And And it's still,
1: I mean, it's still kept up. They don't have any, do they have the insignias or or anything insignia on there at all?
0: Oh, it's still, it's still, you walk past it and it's like, that is the Ghostbusters. Like it's, it's the art, it's the art deco vibe. I mean, it's totally, it's awesome.
1: It's yeah, I would, you know, we've been to uh, my wife and I have been to New York once. Um, I would love to show the kids um, the classic that is Ghostbusters and then go there and actually see see that that building because it's it's on a corner, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's right there on Central Park West. It's it's a beautiful area. I'd be interested to see if your kids would even be interested in watching Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> it's tough, you know. I we um, we watched the other day. We watched uh, Little Monsters with um, Howie Mandel and um, oh Fred Savage, which was my wife goes she goes, what is this rated? And I said, I think it's PG. <laughs> and then they start cussing and everything, and I look at and I go, oh oh, it's PG thirteen. And oh, dude.
0: I mean, like back then it's all reverse. Like airplane was PG, but there were like, <laughs> yeah. there was like nudity and like, it's like in yeah, the world happened.
1: Gratuitous sex and violence. Yeah. I I don't know. Right. It's just, um, And that was actually another one of the numbers that I had had in my list, but this one Ghostbusters. So it was 1-800-555-2368. And it had a recording of Raymond and uh, Peter Vinkman on the other end. And uh, apparently got a thousand calls an hour, 24 hours a day until they canceled it.
0: Oh my gosh. Isn't that wow. crazy? Yeah. That's insane. I had no, that's amazing that you did that research.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, right. I was trying to look for, uh, in, and I have to think, uh, there was one single YouTube video that had a lot of these in them, but I did go through and, and grab out the ones that I liked and then and then got the sound bites that I wanted. Does this one, do you watch, um, do you watch any sitcoms, classic sitcoms from the mid nineties maybe? Literally
0: the only classic sitcom I watched, and this is, of course, getting into judging territory, was like, everybody loves Raymond and stuff like that.
1: Oh, and that's good. I, I like it. I I, um, I love that show. Uh, in fact, I'm a fan of um, King of Queens that's on TV, like, between 11 and 12. And I know that him and Ray Barone, they had the crossovers a couple of times, but they were big friends. I think they golfed together in real life.
0: So right, they had right. That, but very I'm also similar. like... I'm also like a huge, huge, huge Larry David fan. So like anything Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> okay. Then let me ask you this. So five, 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 five filk. Does that sound familiar at all? This filk. <laughs> this that, was, w-
0: was that when they like, when Kramer had his own, like, <laughs> um, yes. like they would literally call Kramer and he would like give the movie times or whatever. So
1: yeah, it was the movie phone episode. You, you knock it I'm out, man it was, it was, I'm so not going to get I, any I more of this these. up. No, I don't know, man. You might seven, seven, seven film film was the actual number that you could call in real life. But I think they were doing a play on five, five, five film um. and his was one number away. So his number was three, four, five, five. And then actual movie film was three, four, five, six. So he was getting the phone calls. Yeah. And that's classic and because he, he can't, he can't figure out, he can't hear what they're saying. Go, Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> yeah and like
0: this. instead of saying like stop calling me he just like i'll just embrace it and like yeah. i'll tell you the movie times right <laughs>
1: exactly uh, <laughs> now this one i have um i have a couple more clips that if you can't get this um then i will play the clip and see if you can get it 555-0187 or as it said in the in the actual clip it's 555-0187
0: no idea let's see if you can get it One eight seven.
1: Commercial. Is some jerk making your life miserable. You want revenge? Call 555-0187. Let us do your dirty work. <laughs> what is <laughs> Did you that? Ever see that? No. What is dirty that? work? Oh, it's dirty work. It was Norm Macdonald's film. I think it was when, it, oh, in really? the heyday with Chris Farley and Norm Macdonald on SNL, and, and he's like, I got to make a movie about you know a, a, a guy that just does everyone's dirty work.
0: I'm like. He- I'm like so ashamed that I haven't seen this because I'm like the biggest Norm MacDonald fan. I think he's like such a funny comedian.
1: <laughs> well, now you've got some homework. So this was 1998. It was it was shot in HD. So it's like, it's not one of those old crappy, you know, they must have shot this on film um, because it's so it's in full HD when you go to watch it. And mm-hmm. uh, cameos by, just to give you a teaser, uh, by Chevy Chase, Chris Farley, Gary Coleman, Adam Sandler, and John Goodman. So it's got all the people... All the heavy associated. hitters back yep. at
0: that time, yeah, right, yep. right. got it. Now, I'm not gonna now, have to you, watch it now.
1: This one, I'm gonna give you a hint on this one. I think you might get this one. This one was shown at the very beginning of the movie on a um, on a taxi cab five 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 six thousand. And I'll give you a hint. We already talked about this one.
0: <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, we talked about the number.
1: No, we talked about we talked about the film, and it was the very first one you said when it, when things are backward now. Oh, oh,
0: where airplanes rated PG. And that, yeah. So
1: that was on the yeah. side. And this is when they say the white loading is for, or the white zone is for loading. The red zone. Unloading. Right, right, right. The, yeah. <laughs> and, then, Got it. and then the male and female get into that, uh, that, uh, that argument, which is. How did you uh, that's find all these? Such a good introduction.
0: How in the world um, did you
1: find all these? I'm so impressed. No, oh, thanks, man. I, uh, I, you know, and I'm <laughs> hoping that somebody out there goes, oh, I remember five 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 six thousand. you
0: right. know, cause they
1: can play, they can play at home. Right. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be difficult one. I will give you a hint. This one includes um, Reginald Bell Johnson. And if you're not familiar with him, he was um, Carl Winslow. So this is five, 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 two, four, zero, one.
0: I have no idea. I've, I've got none of that reference.
1: No. OK. Ooh. Reginald Bell Johnson. He was the cop in all of the Die Hard movies. And in this particular scene, I, I don't know why Die Hard 3 really stuck with me. I don't know it was because it was like the first one that I watched all the way through or that my parents let me watch but it had um Samuel L Jackson and Bruce Willis going through you know downtown um New York trying to to find I think this was oh man is it Hans Gruber's younger brother I like
0: to be I'm the I've never seen Die Hard any Die Hard
1: it's in you know that's a, that's okay you know you know who um who is an aficionado of film <laughs> who I'm afraid to actually play <laughs> um, any kind of film related game. That's David. That guy is a nut. I've gathered
0: to- that. And like, dude, I've, I've literally, I haven't even seen like every star Wars. Like I'm such a, I'm such an old man when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> no, David he, probably loves star Wars.
1: He does. But you know, and I thought he was, he was like a, a star Wars head. He loves star Wars. He wouldn't ne- He's not a self-professed, um, head at all. So, okay. Uh, and I, you know what? And, and if we're, you know, we're, we're speaking in, in, um, in pure honesty, I have I have not seen and I've admitted to this on the pod before. I've not seen any one of the Star Wars in their entirety all the way through. I just you know what? I was that's f- that's
0: totally cool. I think yeah. I think I see. I don't want to come into this guy's seat and start hacking on Star Wars,
1: but <laughs> yeah. and you know, I, what? I don't get I think it. <laughs> part of it, it. You can also just act like you know it. And then somebody right. calls the pod line and says, uh, you know, Blake and Justin are idiots and they have no clue what they're talking about. Until then, <laughs> it's truth.
0: <laughs> right, I guess I guess so. I don't know. I just okay. admittingly have never seen any any <laughs> Star Wars either. so
1: i have I have two more numbers. I got one with a clue, and I'm thinking you're gonna get the last one here's the Here's the one with the clue that I have. This is five 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 four three two nine.
0: no idea. Like I said, I don't think I'm gonna get any of these
1: It's, you know, and I thought I didn't even think you were gonna get the other ones. I thought this whole game was gonna be super hard, and I was just gonna tell people what they were. But okay, here's the clue. Hey, Steven, Just checking in. Give me a ring. I'm at 555 Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> uh, that is, let me play it again here. What is that? Hey, Steven, just checking in. Give me a ring. I'm at 555-4329. I'll give you a hint. What the, is that? This this uh, supporting character has a lisp, a noticeable lisp. <laughs> uh, what in the another world? Another hint would be, oh, Medieval Times.
0: Uh, do you totally, I have no idea. No, and Matthew Medieval Broderick
1: time. is the main character. No idea. Cable guy. Never seen it. Never seen it. It's another weird one. It's, it's when um, Jim gets, yeah, I, I I didn't expect you. Honestly, man, I, this last one, um, I, I, I can guarantee that, that David would get this. And that may be a hint as, as to what this number might be. Um, I'll tell you this. It was on the back. It was, this number was written on the back of the, uh, on the back of a flyer. And the last um, the last three words on this flyer was, uh, I believe, is I love you. Five, 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 four, eight, two, three.
0: Okay, I don't nothing ringing a bell now.
1: Nothing ringing a bell. That was, I I guess it's apparently Jennifer's grandma's number from Back to the Future when he has that Save the Clock Tower flyer and she writes her, her number on it.
0: Oh my um, gosh. What a, what a deep throwback. I know. I, and I was hoping I, that, I that.
1: It, it, maybe David got that when, uh, you know, without me even giving any hints, maybe he just like, Oh yeah. Four, eight, two, three. That's going to be uh Jennifer's grandma's it. number. He would know yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a, like one of my favorite films, but I still don't know it.
1: Yeah. That's okay. And that was, you know, I, that actually went way better than I thought. Uh, Cause I thought I was just gonna have to rat, rattle them off and just kind of had this little <laughs> this little one. You you knew way more than I thought. I mean,
0: you kind of pitched them to me, man.
1: Yeah, kind you know, of. But you knew Philk. You knew Philk, dude. Sure. I well, I mean, that's just preface.
0: that's just because I'm a I'm a Larry David fan. That's all. <laughs> Love Larry David. That's, okay, that's so. some pretty pretty deep work that you did there, man. Thanks, that's impressive. Man.
1: Appreciate that. Now, really um, did you ha- did you have anything else that you wanted to say about the? I don't know about the lyrics or, or anything else about the song itself.
0: Not necessarily. Um, but for whatever reason, man, I'm, I will say that I'm like the past, I think I mentioned it the past couple records before this, um, haven't really stuck with me enough to just keep coming back to it. And, uh, you know, so, so I kind of have like a highbrow, like nasal gazing down on, on Jimmy world at this point, but (laughs) Surviving has hit me pretty hard. So like, I think the reason why that is, is probably due to the fact that this track is in it. It's made that much of an impression on me.
1: Well said, well said. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those. Um, it's one of those that caught me off guard because it was so different. Um, and it's very, it's very unique. And I feel like the execution of it was done properly. It's not hokey. Uh, it was, it was, it was well, the the amount of um, instruments that they included, you know, the production value, all well done. Right. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's, just, it's it's solid. I think it's, I think it'll stay in the test of time. Like there was some stuff on like, um, on uh, like invented or, 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 or no, you know what? Even like, like my best theory and like that kind of stuff where it was like this minery bro rock kind of stuff that was like, Uh what is this? You know, like, (laughs) I don't think that that will necessarily, I don't know where you're on the spectrum there for that one, but I'm not sure if that will like stand the test of time. But I think this is like kind of in that same genre a little bit. And it like, I think it'll like definitely stand much, much firmer than that song.
1: Right, and you know, like you know, going back to to my daughter with five five five, that got her into Jimmy Eat World, and the fact that now she she calls that song out. But what it did was it introduced her to Jimmy Eat World as a band, and now she's now she's getting into all the way stay is one of her favorite tracks. Oh, okay, on there. just with just how that starts out, and sure. So we we were discussing David and I how that is is track one on side B, and what a good kind of you know positive. Um, it's just, it just like drums and this it's got the sax
0: solo yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird because like, if people are like Jimmy world, Oh, that's that band. That's the middle or sweetness. It's like, right, right. What else should I listen to? And I'm like, listen to all of clarity. And then people do that and they're like, eh, I don't know. And then I'm just, I kind of write them off forever. But if <laughs> this is one of those tracks where it's like any single person who's never heard of this band, probably won't get a good, I mean, absolutely will not get a good representation of who these people are, but it will be kind of the barrier of entry for them. So like you can go down five, 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 then all the way stay. And then you can go back to like their, their earlier stuff. And like, you'll just, you'll be able to to see through it all after you have this as a barrier of entry. It's like, it's like the gateway drug to Jimmy world. Now.
1: That's it's a, very well put. In fact, I was going to ask. So, um, you know, I've chosen, I think that this song should be experienced, um, as, as Jim has sung it. I didn't want to go through any of the covers tonight. Um, and I, and I think this is, this is a great, like you had just said, it's a great gateway Jimmy song. I don't even want to ask you what your final thoughts are because that's, I mean, that's really it. It's essentially what I had had asked you anyway. That was very well put. Um, you know, so it sounds like you like the, the, the track. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites off the album and my kids, if they can be any attestment to the, to that, that, um that point that it shows, man, my, my kids love the song too. So I love
0: that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I list, I, the first time I listened to it, I was like, uh I was like a big eye roll. Like, what are they doing? And then, like I said, second, third, fourth time, I'm just yeah. like, I, 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 I have to have this song. So it definitely did a number on me. Eh, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> what do you mean that's what the whole thing is about
0: <laughs> that's the whole point <laughs> yeah. we're one big yeah. pun blake well i mean what about you do you have any kind of last like words or last final thoughts about that
1: um just that i appreciate um that that jimmy world is is venturing out a little bit they're reaching um they're they're definitely open to the whole concept of of being part of a meme, and I and I that was probably part <laughs> of their their fo, or their initial plan anyway. Was this could totally sure. make something, uh, and I, I love it that they're embracing that, and I would love to one day meet them. Um, you know, I would definitely be starstruck. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't know what to say, even though we're talking about them, we're learning a lot about them. When you meet somebody that you've been following for 15, 20 years and you just happen to be in the same room with them, everything goes out the window. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic that they'll just, they'll jump on the podcast sometime soon.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe once, once we get everything fine-tuned and all that, and the, this was a very unique episode. I love that you were able to sit in on, on this with me and you, you gave so much insight to the production value of this song. And, um, and I hope that this is, um, this gets people into listening to the band more because they are, you know, they, hopefully they're not going anywhere. It doesn't sound like they have any plans to, to uh, hang up their cloaks or anything, you know, pun intended. Definitely. No,
0: you got, you got to pay those Arizona mortgages, man. You gotta, you gotta keep writing some albums.
1: (laughs) You're absolutely right, man. Um, well, look, Blake, I got to thank you for, for coming on, man. This was awesome. It was uh, really fun chatting. And this was almost like an interview slash uh, co-host.
0: Yeah. I mean, I loved being on. Thanks for having me, man. I just, I love what, what you and David are doing. And so anytime I just, I absolutely love it, man.
1: So I know we didn't go over to this, but did, did David give you the, uh, the line that he's supposed to say?
0: Uh, no. What am I, what am I supposed to say?
1: Okay. Let me see if you can, <laughs> um, let me see if you can get this line without me feeding this to you. Um, oh, no. uh, now this is a very, very important line from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. In fact,
0: Oh gosh, never seen say- it. i like i can tell you every single b side of a jimmy world song but i've never seen anything else (laughs) okay got it Uh, oh okay i say right now as always be excellent to each
1: other and party on dudes (laughs) party on garth (laughs) and that's it